I am not Morgan Freeman, and what you see is not real. Well, at least in contemporary terms, it is not. What if I were to tell you that I am not even a human being? That was actually a deepfake. Now, deepfakes might seem like a harmless joke, but any technology can be used for evil. I genuinely love the process of manipulating people online for money. Have you ever been watching a video and suspected that it might be fake, and that the person in the video is not who he claims to be? Try playing the video super slowly. The mask will blur and you'll see a glitch. Not sure who you're talking to in a video chat? Ask your partner to turn his head to the side or hold his hand in front of his face. The mask will glitch. Remember these tips and share with your friends if you found this video useful. Now, that was on YouTube. It was called How to Spot a Deep Fake by someone called Sum Sub, S-U-M-S-U-B. It looked like Morgan Freeman. It sounded like him, but it was a deep fake. Some Sub posts new videos every month exposing the deep fake that takes only three seconds to clone your voice, and they are now quite pervasive on the web. And Justine, I noticed that a survey of Australian journalists conducted by media monitors has come out with some alarming results on the impact upon journalism of artificial intelligence, or AI. Now, this was a survey of 844 journalists who uh, shared their perspectives on AI. 79% of them were concerned about the impact that AI, particularly generative AI, could have on the overall integrity or quality of journalism. 74% of journalists had not personally used AI in their work. 67% said they believed that the generative AI could potentially replace aspects of their jobs. 12% claimed to know someone who'd lost work because of the use of generative AI in 2023. I shared that media release with you. Which of those things did you find it uh, fascinating in terms of how the journos felt about the pending uh, surge of AI? Well, I don't think it's uh, surprising that journalists are very concerned about this. For one, it really impacts the uh, reputation of journalists for being independent and doing their own work. I'm, I'm really not surprised that, that people are concerned about it. And I also think it is possible that some journalists will uh, potentially lose their jobs, but really only by unethical media organisations who decide to not have journalists gathering their own information and, and simply just to regurgitate what programs such as ChatGPT um, are creating. Yeah, uh, and look, ChatGPT, I think, is just the very thin end of the wedge uh, we don't intend here to name and shame any organisations, but you do get a little concerned even when organisations as large as News Limited introduce technology that means that they only use one source for a story. They have a product called Method where somebody will um, ingest that into their system and it will spit out seven or eight different versions of the story depending on the ultimate end use. And this already did away with a lot of reporters uh, around Australia, those who may have been section heads in newspapers or worked for for radio, producing scripts for radio, which um, might in the past have come from a range of sources. But if you've only got one source and you use it to generate electronically all your stories, then there's a risk if you're wrong once, you're going to be wrong eight times. 
And I would have thought that uh, was a risk that some newspapers might regard as uh, a bit too much. Now, we do want to stress that at Travel Writers Radio, we are professional journalists and broadcasters. We produce and present our own authentic stories. So we do not in any way sort of allow or condone the use of AI to produce material that might confuse listeners. And I think this is the key point, Justine. It's all about how does the listener perceive the information? If they perceive it to be true and it's not, and you don't disclose, as I did about the track we grabbed from YouTube, if you don't disclose that it's a fake or that you think it's a fake, then you're misleading the listener. And on radio, we don't have the benefit of... uh, television to uh, add that era of authenticity but maybe even that's not enough now Justine. No and I think there are, look, there are so many issues with generative AI. I think one of the biggest things for me is uh, bias and so if you're using generative AI to create stories you are also importing some of those biases and there are so many reasons why this is an issue but I think also for media organizations who have to think about their audiences you need to consider who your audience is how they need to be um, how you need to relate to them and also the broad audience there is not not just the audience that you've always had or that um, you've always spoken to, you need to be much, much broader than that. And it is a worry when you are importing biases and stereotypes. Mm. I mean, I'd hate to see what Donald Trump and his cohort might do if they find uh, a, a good AI tool and can therefore put material out that purports to be um, real and authentic, but maybe isn't. They could they could have Joe Biden's mouth saying anything. Exactly. And while I think that many media organisations, especially ones who care about their reputation, are being quite cautious about the use of generative AI, I have read many reports recently that the people who are using generative AI the most are actually criminals. And so the most... Um, the most active users are people who are trying to scam other people. Right. I did hear, and I think I also read something, about certain personalities who you see on online, not necessarily on television, but they might be a television personality, but they're online saying they've discovered this fantastic vitamin that you should take, and apparently that's not them. It's their voice, which has been you know, grabbed and cloned. And it, it's some sort of a likeness. Um, so one of the things about the Sum Sub site that I've quoted from, we played a little bit from earlier, is that uh, it'll show you how to pick a video that may not be true. And uh, they, they even include uh, a situation where you might be on a Zoom call with somebody. If you ask them to turn their head 90 degrees one way or the other, apparently that will cause the face that's been implanted on on top of an actor, that'll cause a jitter in the video because it's out of alignment suddenly. And that's one of the things to look for um, if you are suspicious that Morgan Freeman would be saying something that you wouldn't normally expect or that Donald Trump uh, is, uh, you know, going off off script, seriously off script. Um, He's pretty good at going off at his own behalf without any artificial intelligence but Justine no doubt you saw um, recent examples those doctored photographs of the MP 
which were blamed by a publisher on an automated Photoshop action. How did you feel about that? Well, I think that claim has been widely disputed through various forms of media and indeed from the uh, company Adobe who produces Photoshop uh, to say that that is actually not possible. Um, And I would tend to agree with all of those um, arguments. But I think the the real issue is sexism here um, because clearly it was aimed just at a woman. But I think we also have to acknowledge that Photoshopping images of people is something that actually has started ever since Photoshop was introduced, which was in the 1990s. So um, we really need to look at the the whole history of changing images and what we want to do about it and how we feel about it. Mm. And I think in the past it's been accepted if it's just celebrities um, and perhaps the issue with this is that it is a more serious person in terms of and you know I, you can imagine the quote marks around some of these words that I'm saying sure um, but really I think we need to look at the whole history of, of doing this and, and the ethics behind it I think look it's actually been going on a lot longer than since the 90s at one stage I was picture editing at the Melbourne Herald newspaper and there would be situations where we needed a headshot of somebody but we only had a shot of them in a group and so we would actually then mark that with our uh, Chinagraph pencil. We'd put an X out, we'd XX around the head. In other words, take the background out. We only want to use the headshot. Now, was that ethical? Well, I don't think it really mattered much in the scheme of things. But there was a classic example where um, somebody decided that the bull, the shot of this bull, looked a bit. Um, confronting and so they had the artist paint out a couple of his key parts and uh, the that actually resulted in a writ for defamation because that bull no longer looked like a bull uh, which and was, is, it, was it the bull who had hired the lawyers no I'm not sure I think it was the owner of the bull who was trying to sell his stud services and it looked like he couldn't perform so it looked like he was a steer um, but you know that was done probably done with great care and all of that it probably looked too good and you know but that was in the olden days when that might have needed an hour or two of time and you're on a deadline with a newspaper or a weekly magazine Uh, there's effort but there's almost no effort involved in uh, actions within photoshop and other similar editing tools now and maybe ai's got something of its own Uh, but i agree with you i think there was some deliberation about whether to expose a midriff in that um, in that piece, which purported to show an MP, uh, female MP. So, are you hopeful, yeah. Justine? The trouble is, I think you know this does need to be controlled in some way. There needs to be some guidelines, uh, but really, people are always looking for black and white solutions, and there's so much level of nuance um, in how we use these uh, new um, tools that I think it's actually going to be very difficult to work our way through what is appropriate use, what is inappropriate use, and so on. And I think we also have to remember that some of these tools are really incredible in a positive way, and that could enhance the work that people are doing already. So um, I don't see any uh, any fixed response um, coming in the near future. It's going to be something that we all have to talk about and discuss and come to um, our own sort of ethical 
um, guidelines. Yeah. And look, I think it may well well wait until some innocent person goes to jail because of a doctored photograph or video or audio uh, grab, um, you know, that, that will awaken people to the real dangers of this type of technology uh, let loose in the wrong hands. Yes, and I think, you know, transparency is always the best cure for um, any kind of use of this kind of technology. But, of course, the um, ethical organisations and or ethical individuals will be happy to be transparent about how they're using sure. AI, um, but the others won't. So that's always um, going to be a difficult situation. I think education is the key and obviously um, creating, you know, counter-offensives offensives to um, the people who are using uh, generative AI for criminal purposes, it's, it's, they're always going to be in catch-up mode. Well, I will, in the interest of transparency, tell our listeners that you are on one side of the Arrow River in Melbourne and I am on the other. We're each in our own studies and uh, we're using technology called CleanFeed to bring us together. And we've been doing that for some time now, since COVID actually, uh, but it's terribly convenient. The quality's great. Uh, everyone seems to love it. So you are you and I am me, and let's just park this story for the moment, but we'll keep an eye on it, Justine. Absolutely. This is the Travel Writer Show on J-Air 88FM in Melbourne. And that brings our first hour to a close, but do stay tuned to J-Air 88FM as we'll be back at 6pm with the second hour of Travel Writers Radio. We are the world. We are the free, and our fire burns eternally. We'll travel far, far as the eyes can see.